Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Praise God. I am Mark Hedegar. I'm blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor here at Salisbury Center United Methodist Church, soon to be the Salisbury Community Church, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. The vision here at Salisbury Center is to love God and others, to serve as an example, to plant seeds of hope, and to nurture one another so that we can make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Announcements. We are doing an Ash Wednesday service, Wednesday, the 22nd, at 6 o'clock p.m. A reminder, the fire department is doing uh, their fish fry, seven weeks, and it, you can come in and sit down and eat. And we have volunteers from our church for every single week, except for Good Friday, of course. I am so proud of the volunteers. Uh, we continue with our Feed Our Vets program for the month of February. So again, if you have anything you want to donate, just drop it off at the church or uh, on the porch at the parsonage, and I'll make sure it gets taken care of. This morning's memory verse comes from John 7, 37. John 7, 37. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me. Let us pray. Father God, as we come before you today in the name of Jesus, we declare that you are God and earnestly we will seek you. We desire to see you in the sanctuary this morning to behold your power and your glory. We come before you humbly, needy of your grace, praying for the power of your Holy Spirit to fill us afresh. We ask for your forgiveness in all the ways we've wandered so far from your presence. We need your healing and grace. We're desperate to have our hope restored in you. We thank you for reminding us you are always faithful and that you're constantly at work on behalf of your children, powerfully, completely drawing us closer to you again. It's our privilege and joy to praise you this day as we sing, let us make a joyful noise to you. As we pray, may our words and thoughts be a pleasing aroma to you. Your word holds true. It is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. As we open your word, may we trust in your unfailing promises. Open the eyes of our hearts that we may see you more clearly today. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If you would join me in the call to worship, happy are those who seek God with their whole heart. We have come to reflect together on God's law. Fix your eyes on all that God commands. We know our ways are not God's ways. Ready yourselves to receive all that God supplies. We expect to be challenged as well as encouraged. Attune your hearts to God's promises and warnings. We want to live according to the promises we have made. God gives us choices that result in life or death. We seek to know and follow the way of life. We accept and seek to obey God's plan for us. Amen. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from John 4, 1 through 15. John 4, 1 through 15. 
It reads, now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard Jesus is making and baptizing more disciples than John, although it was not Jesus himself, but his disciples who baptized, he left Judea and went back to Galilee. But he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water, gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We move to joys and concerns this morning, and um, there are a lot of concerns. We do have a lot of people on our prayer chain right now, uh, so we just want to we just want to keep the whole community uh, lifted up, <laughs> the nation, the world. We could just keep going. There's such a mess out there, so we we definitely want to remain in prayer every day throughout the day. So if you would please um, help us with that, and then. I was hoping, I forgot to get, I was going to give a campaign update, uh, and in church I'm actually going to read a couple of the beautiful letters each week that people are writing us. They're so encouraging, and they're they're just so proud of, of the community of the church for standing on the Word of God, and, and I, I'll, I'll try to get some for next week, and I'll read them. Um, I don't have an exact number yet, but we should be close to 8,500 or $9,000 in, in contributions. And several of those are from people that um, live out of state. They have land here, they have a camp here. So God is touching the hearts of, of so many people and we are so appreciative, we are so excited. Uh, God is definitely good. Join me in prayer if you would. Father God, we bring you these places we're hurting. The broken pieces that maybe others can't see but you alone are able to fully understand. You know the pain we've carried, all the burdens and cares. You know where we still need to be set free. We pray for your healing and power to cover every broken place and to renew our hearts in you again. Take our weakness away and fill us with your strength. Order our steps today in your word. Help us to stay within your holy flow today, Lord. Father God, we place our worries in your hands. We place our sick under your care and 
humbly ask that you restore your servants to health again. Above all, grant us the grace to acknowledge your will and know that whatever you do, you do for the love of us. Father God, in the name of Jesus, please create in us a clean heart. Renew that right spirit within us. Take away our old broken heart of stone and give us a new bright heart. Take away our old spirit and fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your light, Father, and create in us a bright heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title to this morning's message is Connected to the Well. Connected to the Well. Now I'd like to begin today's message with a gentle reminder. There are no coincidences. God's hand is in everything. Last week, Mark and, Mark and Sue Jones, oh, there goes a neighbor, sorry about that. <laughs> Last week, Mark and Sue Jones sat down with me to discuss, plan, and dream about the future of our beloved church, our congregation, and our community. One of the things proposed was to schedule several nights of music throughout the summer. Mark mentioned he thought the theme should be connected to the well. Connected to the well. As soon as he said those words, the hair on my arm stood up and I was filled with goosebumps, or God bumps as they call them. Connected to the well. I felt like those words were planted into my heart by the Holy Spirit himself, and I, I voiced my excitement to Mark and Sue. I expressed my opinion that those words should be the theme for our church and in every future program we offer. Connected to the well. You see, that's what this world is missing. We've lost that connection to the well. It all started with Adam and Eve, of course, when they committed the very first act of disobedience, sinning against God. They were evicted from that garden, that perfect Garden of Eden God had created, not just for them, but for all of mankind. Genesis 2, 9 through 10 tells us, Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also is in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flows out of Eden to water the garden and from there it divides and becomes four branches. That river, that water provided life to everything God had created, including Adam and Eve and two very special trees. One was the tree of life. It was a life-giving tree created to enhance and sustain the physical life of humanity for eternity, meaning mankind would live in the flesh forever. Adam and Eve were given permission to eat of this tree from God. Actually, they had to eat from the tree to continue living. The other tree was a tree of knowledge of good and evil. We heard God's instructions in Genesis 2, 16 through 17. Genesis 2, 16 through 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. God created Adam and Eve to be free beings, able to make decisions and able to choose between good and evil. 
But in order for Adam and Eve to truly be free, they had to have a choice. God put that tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden to give Adam and Eve a choice to obey him or disobey him. Now, we all know the choice they made in eating that forbidden fruit was an act of disobedience against God. And that choice opened Adam's and Eve's eyes to evil. They experienced shame for the first time and even tried to hide from God. Their sin of disobeying him brought corruption not only into their lives, but into the world. Adam and Eve would have lived in sin and shame for eternity if they continued to eat from the tree of life after that sin. So God booted them out of the garden and placed an angel to guard that tree. You see, Adam and Eve contaminated that garden, and they were separated not only from the tree of life, but from that river that sustained them, that well of life, if you will, that provided nourishment and comfort to their physical bodies. But much, much worse than that, they were separated from the creator of life himself. But God had a plan. God always has a plan, doesn't he? John 3.16 is the very foundation of that plan. We all know this verse. Even unbelievers know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone, everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son to die in our place. Jesus, the Christ, gave his life for our sins so we may have life and life eternal. We hear Jesus make that promise in John 6, 40. John 6, 40. This is indeed the will of my Father, that all who see the Son and believe in him may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on that last day. Praise God. God has been calling mankind back to him, back to that garden and the tree of life since that very first sin. When the Jews were concerned about their physical lives, Jesus gave them a lesson on the eternal, the spiritual. In John 6, uh, excuse me, John 6, 35, he told them and us, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Praise God. Instead of manna, God sent us Jesus, the bread of life. Bread that's essential in our return to the Father. Not a physical bread that perishes, but a spiritual bread that brings eternal life. So Jesus is our bread of life in place of the tree of life. Just like eating from that tree ensured eternity, partaking of Jesus promises an eternal life with him and the Father. In Revelation 2, 7, tells us to everyone who conquers, I will give permission to eat from the tree of life that is in the paradise of God. We will eat from that tree once again, brothers and sisters, but this time without worrying about making bad choices. In today's scripture reading, we read the account of the Samaritan woman meeting Jesus at the well. After their conversation, it's obvious she thought if she could just get this water Jesus talked about, she wouldn't have to spend all that time getting water from the well every day. 
But as usual, Jesus, Jesus turned the conversation from physical needs to spiritual needs. The water he spoke of was not to quench a physical thirst, but a spiritual thirst. The conversation ends with Jesus telling her plainly that he is the promised Messiah. And then she goes and tells the whole town to come out and listen to what Jesus has to say. This water of life that Jesus spoke of is a metaphor, of course, for a spiritual washing and refreshment, which this woman needed and we need, but she needed it more than the water she drew from the well each day. And so it is the same with us. For too long, the world has been focused on the physical instead of the spiritual. Look at the condition of our nation. A nation that was built on and blessed by God. I wonder what our founding fathers even recognize it today. We've turned into a nation that seems hell-bent to destroy our children. We encourage them to explore sexuality. We convince them that they get to choose their own sexual orientation, and then we promise to keep it from their parents. We've polluted our schools with books that are sexually explicit. We've allowed drag queens to perform lewd acts and then try and call it entertainment and an awakening. Well, I agree, we surely need an awakening, but not the kind that contradicts the Bible. The wells of our nation have been polluted, not only physically, but spiritually. Our country has lost its moral compass. Our nation needs to come back to God and get connected to the well, the well of living water, the well of life eternal. We look around the world today and still see people arrested or beaten for not wearing masks, even though they've now proven they did not and do not work. We see cities worldwide offering safe zones for drug addicts to use needles provided by the government. Well, we have a safe zone right here, brothers and sisters. We call it a church. You don't get a needle, but we offer the chance to connect at the well and be healed from all those addictions. Our government continues to look for new ways to control the people. We, the people, as Rick would say, they instituted Nazi-like policies when the pandemic hit. Some governors moved COVID patients into nursing homes, exposing the most vulnerable population to the virus. They continually lied to us, encouraging us to trust them and the science. Just ask those poor people in Ohio after that train derailment. They were told the water is safe, yet we see videos of dead fish and frogs. The EPA assured them the air is clean, yet we see dead birds and dead chickens. We have open borders resulting in young girls being trafficked for sex. Enough fentanyl has crossed the border to kill every man, woman, and child in America. Yet we're told the borders are secure. I say it again, our country has lost its moral compass. Matthew Henry has quoted, Sin is a burden to the whole creation. Sin is the ruin of states, kingdoms, and families. We've seen video after video of people simply walking into stores and stealing everything they can grab without consequences. We saw bail reform pass, allowing dangerous criminals back on the streets 
to commit more crime. We've seen videos of school children not just being bullied, but literally beaten on school buses and in classrooms, and we've witnessed the highest rate of teen suicides in the history of our country. <coughs> Excuse me. Hear the words of our Lord in Matthew 24. I'm sorry, I lost that, that reference. It reads, Beware that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All this is but the beginning of the birth pangs. Do we not have wars going on right now? And sadly, there will always be famine in our poorest of countries. We've seen volcanoes erupt, and that recent earthquake has taken the lives of over 42,000 people in Turkey and Syria. Surely the end times are near. We would do well to believe the prophecy in Isaiah 24:20. The earth staggers like a drunkard. It sways like a hut. Its transgression lies heavy upon it, and it falls and will not rise again. But God has the answer. Jesus has the answer. They're calling us back to the well to connect with our Creator and our Savior. We see proof of this as we look around our sanctuary. Some of us had walked away from God, but here we are. I've received phone calls this week after people received our campaign letter telling me they feel God calling them back, back to church, back to that well of life. And what better proof do we have than the Asbury Revival in Wilmore, Kentucky? They had an initial altar call that's turned into a rolling, nonstop altar call, I believe it's for almost two weeks. People have flown in from across the country. They stand in line outside the chapel and they wait for an opportunity just to take part in the singing, the praying, and discussions. And let me just add this, that original altar call was unplanned. It started with a confession of one person, and the Holy Spirit did the rest. And praise God, now it's more than just one college. As of this morning, CBN News said this, quote, The fires of revival continue to burn at Asbury University in Kentucky, and numerous reports revealed the Holy Spirit has ignited several other flames that are now burning brightly at other universities and colleges around the country. Praise God. Students in Tennessee, Ohio, and Alabama have heard the call of the Spirit to come to the well and connect. And they are now experiencing the same spontaneous worship and prayer in their colleges. Just a few weeks ago, I mentioned in our service that God was doing something historic. And here's more proof. In the midst of all the hate, in the midst of all these wars and all the perversions going on, God continues to call people back to the well. 
He's calling his people to him either for the first time or the 50th time. God surely is not dead and we are part of the proof. Look at the outpouring of support we've received since declaring this church will stand on God's word and we will not follow the ways of the denomination or the world. We have come back to the well right here in Salisbury, connecting to the water of life, meaning the Holy Spirit's work in each of our lives as believers, providing us spiritual cleansing and that constant refreshment. We had access to that very same living water in the Garden of Eden. But as I said, mankind sinned and was separated from God. And yet throughout the Bible, we see God providing access to that water of life, those springs, those wells. We must stay connected at the well. We don't have to wait for the new heavens and the new earth to experience the blessings of the water of life. Because the Holy Spirit comes to live within the believer, the Christian can experience a taste of this now. The Holy Spirit within a believer will quench every spiritual thirst as long as as a believer will simply take what the Spirit has to offer and follow the Spirit's leading. The Lord put it on my heart to give this message today. There's a reason Connect to the Well came from Mark's lips last week, and there's a reason those college kids are coming to the altar. As I said, something historic, something very biblical is happening in our churches, our communities, and now finally, finally it's happening in our colleges. So what I'm going to do in in church Sunday is to give everyone a chance to be a part of that if they are so led. I'm going to open the altar, and and if, if anyone feels the Spirit leading them or beckoning them to come, I'm going to ask them to come forward. They can kneel, stand, it doesn't matter. They can lift their hands in praise or keep them folded in prayer. It doesn't matter. There's no right or wrong. I just want people to come to Jesus. Max Lucado said, Come and see the pierced hand of God. Touch the most common heart. Wipe the tear from the wrinkled face. And even forgive the ugliest sin. Come to the altar and get connected to the well. For those of you at home, it doesn't have to be an altar at the church. If you feel that the Holy Spirit's leading you right now to prayer, just stop and pray. Lift your hands, whatever, however you want to do it. Just come to the well. Come and be connected. Praise God. Let us pray. Father God, forgive us for drifting away from you for being taken in by all the world has to offer, and for allowing other things to become more important in our lives. Help us to live aware, to choose widely, wisely, to stay close to you and anchored in your truth. We thank you for your great love and mercy. We thank you that you patiently wait for us to return, that you call us to yourself and strengthen us in our weakness. Wake us up, Lord. Wake us up. Remind us to live aware, to redeem the time, to listen to your words, to be willing to make a difference in the places you've called us to be. We thank you for your mighty power that acts on behalf of your children. 
Out of your kindness, please extend to us your grace and freedom. Cover us with your protection. Empower us with your strength. We ask for an awakening of your presence in our own lives and in the world around us as we've never seen before. We pray for your help to be faithful, to proclaim your name, and that all the enemy's plans to silence the name of Jesus would be crushed. We pray that by your spirit living and breathing through us, we would be light and love in a world that so desperately needs your hope. Draw many to know you as Savior and Lord. Shine your light. Push back the forces of darkness and surround us. By your great power, Lord, open blind eyes and release those still imprisoned. We pray that you would unify your people for your great glory and that all believers would stand together in your power and peace. We ask for seasons of refreshing to fill our lives in the days ahead. We pray for your comfort and healing in our world. Shine on us, dear God. Restore our lives and help us to be wise to redeem that time. Thank you that you will never waste our pain and suffering in this life, but that you alone are able to turn it around for good. We thank you that nothing is impossible with you. Your same power that broke prison chains, raised the dead, healed the sick, and parted the seas, your same amazing power is still at work today. We thank you for your reminders that you are always with us, always helping us, and that you haven't lost control even when things feel uncertain around us. All your plans and purposes will prevail for you alone are mighty. We believe and trust you to do extraordinary miracles in our lives, in our land, and in our world. We need you now more than ever, dear Lord. Our times are in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we move to the offering, again, I'm just humbled, a little bit overwhelmed, to be honest. It, it has become so emotional these past couple of weeks. And for those of you listening at home that, that still make contributions to the church, even though you, you can't come inside, I thank you. Let us pray. Father God, you've given us many blessings. You've given us a home to take shelter in, clothes to make us feel warm, food to nourish our body, and water to keep us from being thirsty. You've given us eyes to see your beautiful creations, a nose to smell the scent of the flowers, and ears to hear the birds singing so sweetly in the morning. You've given us hands to touch the lives of our neighbors. For all these gifts you've showered upon us, we offer these simple offerings. Father, you've showed us what it means to be generous, and we want to pay it forward to our church. May these gifts and offerings be put to good use for our community and witness to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we take our worship, praise, and prayer from this place and into our daily lives, may our lives be sustained through the love of our Heavenly Father. May we feel the presence of our Savior walking beside us and know the power of the Spirit in both our actions and our words this week. And now receive the benediction. May God's word be in your heart, 
May God's word be on your lips. May God's word be in your touch. May God's word direct your feet. On this day, in all your days to come, may God's word be the life you live. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe, stay in his word, and stay connected at the well. God bless you all.